Hallelujah. We thank God you have tuned into this message by David Entry at Caris Church. No hand can help you with the fulfillment of your destiny but the word of God. May God's hand align with you further into your destiny through this word. Colossians chapter 4, reading from verse 7 all the way to verse 14. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your state and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and a beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluted you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom you received commandments. If he comes unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Verse 13, for I bear him record that he has a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them that are in Heropolis. Look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Here ends the reading of God's word. Father, we, we have come to your word because when your word speaks, you have spoken. We have come to your word because we want to hear from you. You are the only one who is the origin of truth, the master of truth, and the teacher of truth, the magister veritatis. As we get into your word, teach us the truth. Reveal Christ in the pages of scripture to us. Let our hearts catch fire. Let our hearts burn in us. Let us hear from you. And let ignorance be damaged in our lives. We thank you to the glory of your name. As your word is coming, let the sick be healed. Let the despondent be encouraged. Let the blind see. Let captives be set free. Let the gospel come powerfully. And let your name be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. So last week, faithful Tychicus, and Paul wrote a letter to prison. He himself couldn't come out to meet the people, but thank God his message can go out. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, it talks about how he's in prison. The word that has been committed to him but now is made manifest by the appearing of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality through the gospel. Now look at verse 11. For this reason, whereof, so because of this, I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. The next verse says that, for which cause I suffer these things. All right. And nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed. And whatever I've committed to him is able to keep on to the day. What does the verse um, 13 say? Uh, it's, it, it says that, hold fast the form of words. Okay, so uh, the, the actual part I'm trying to draw attention to, it says that, for which reason I'm in chains? He's in chains because of the gospel. 
All right. But he said that, nevertheless, the word of God, is, I think there's a particular part in there. He said, I am in bonds, but the word is not in bonds. You can imprison me for the preaching of the gospel, but you cannot imprison the gospel. You can ban me from preaching. So it's, yeah, second, yeah, it's second Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. All right, thank you. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto chains, unto bonds. But the word of God is not in bond. I'm in prison, but I can still preach. In fact, in Philippians chapter 1, particularly I think 14 and 17, he speaks about how he's in chains. And, you know, those days when they put you in chains, they, when you're a terrible criminal, they chain you to other people, some soldiers too. So sometimes the ch soldiers are chained with you, so you can't run away. All right, so he was in chains, and what is happening is that the soldiers who are in chains with him got converted. Because he will be preaching to them. <laughs> so he talks about how his affliction and his bones has worked for the furtherance of the gospel. That's why he even had converts in prison. Converts, soldiers who were converts of Paul. Because he preached the gospel. And some of them were actually, they were living in Caesar's house. He converted anybody who came into touch, contact with him. Why? You can put him in prison, but you can't put the word in prison. That's why in Colossians chapter 4, he says, pray for me that I will boldly declare the word. I'll be able to speak, uh, verse 3, Colossians 4, verse 3, that God will open to us a door for the word to speak. The mystery. He's in prison for this thing. But he said, listen, the word cannot be in prison. So now, even though he was still preaching it, he was writing, man in chains, a man in chains, and yet he managed to send a letter. A letter which has become a Bible. <laughs> Man in chains. So you find out that he didn't write the letter himself. He used the services of an amanuensis. He dictated and the person writes it, but when he finished, he used his hand to sign it. He, signed, he said, I have signed this by my own hands. You can imagine the hands in chains signing a letter. Yeah, Colossians chapter 4. So he dictated the letter to the church of Colossae. Now, there are four letters that he sends by this faithful Tychicus. Four letters. I'm going to mention them in a minute. But when you look at the text again, it says that all my states shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a faithful a fellow servant of the Lord. So Tychicus was a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant of the Lord, who I have sent. So in prison, Paul had people he sent. He had people who stayed with him, and people who also sent greetings. These are three categories of people who, were, who Paul was dealing with. The ones he sent, and the ones he sent were two. Tychicus is... What the one mentioned, he said, verse 8 again, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that he might know your state. That he might know your state. Praise the Lord. So number one, Tychicus was sent for three reasons. Number one reason is in the verse 7. The verse 7 says that, all my states shall Tychicus declare to you. He is coming to tell you my condition here. Yeah. 
So he's coming to tell you how Paul is doing. Um, your, your apostle is not dead. Your apostle is, even though you can't see him, he's, he's still thriving in prison. So he says that he will tell you my state. Verse 8 says that, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your state. So he's in prison and he's thinking about the people. How are you guys doing? Even though I've never met you, I've never met you, I'm pastoring you remotely. I'm sending a message to you to one, so you will know my state, and two, I will know your state. So he sent, sometimes it's good to have someone you can send. <laughs> you can send for people to know your state. So the church will not know his state from social media. <laughs> He wants the church to know his state from faithful Tychicus. <laughs> if you know what the state of the church is, not social media that will tell you the state of the church. Or it's not people who have left the church who will tell you the state of a church. I'm talking to somebody who have befriended people who have left your church. And because of that, you don't even know the proper state of the church. Because when people leave a church, they say, especially when they are close to leadership. They say, it is the crocodile who knows what is actually going on inside the water. <laughs> when, the proper, when the crocodile comes, emerges from the water, he says, listen, you don't know what is going on inside the water. There are seven dead frogs inside it. You don't know. It's the crocodile who can tell you what is because he came from inside the water. That is a demon's doctrine concerning knowing the state of a church. In churches, you know, a lot of people, people, people have done. Most of the time, when a person leaves a church, he does not usually have good things to say about a church. So, those who are in the church, it is just wise and smart to not take your information from people who don't have good things to say about the place. You need your information from faithful. But, 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 Pastor, but this, this person is faithful. That's why he said, faithful people don't leave. Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. He said, be faithful unto death. Not for five days. I've served in the church for 10 years. Now it's my turn to move up. You are not faithful. Be faithful. Verse 10. He said, be faithful unto death. For seven years. That means that we must be at your funeral. Or you must be at one of us's funeral. Not now, you are not dying now. Amen. <laughs> Faithfulness is unto death. So someone who has left is not faithful. You know, I've been faithful. You haven't been faithful. You haven't been faithful. So be faithful unto death. That's the essence of marriage. Till death do us part. The faithfulness in marriage is unto death, not unto inconvenience. Faithfulness in romance is usually unto inconvenience. Yes. Yes. Faithfulness in marriage is unto death. Unto death is scripture. Be faith. Please, let me, let me just speak a bit about faithfulness again. Never underestimate the value of faithfulness to God. 
nearby. A, a guy, one day, David was in a terrible state and he was fighting a battle. And his enemy who he was fighting against, one of his right-hand men, one of David's enemy's right-hand men forsook his master and came and joined David. And he said, I've changed ships, I've jumped ships. David said, hey, guys, kill him. He's an unfaithful, we don't want this such a person around us. We don't want such a person. He couldn't stay with his boss. He abandoned his boss in the time of battle and he won't be to embrace him. No. Faithfulness is rated so high before God. Faithfulness. It will shock you how God values faithfulness. Please, I'm just advising somebody. That is why God does not like adultery. That's why God doesn't like divorce. Because it undermines the value of faithfulness. It undermines the value of faithfulness. People did all kinds of things to Jesus. But all of them, there was, even those who killed him, Jesus didn't say, this guy, it was better, he was not born. Apart from the one who was so one of Jesus and so unfaithful to Jesus, Jesus said, this guy, it had been better if he had not been born. About Judas. Because of the issue of faith, lack of faithfulness. Faithfulness is so important to God, that's what determines how he rewards. God doesn't reward hard work. He rewards faithfulness. Ah! It's not hard work God rewards. It's faithfulness. God doesn't reward your doctrine. A quality doctrine should produce a faithful Christian. Until your doctrine is producing faithful Christian out of you. Your doctrine is warped. Your doctrine is anemic. Your doctrine is not holistic. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1, it said, to the faithful in Christ. Hallelujah. The letter was written to the faithful in Ephesus. And faithful in Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 2. To those who are faithful, he wrote to the faithful. Oh, yes. Faithful. Say faithful. Faithful. Faithful brethren. Faithful brethren. That, I think I wrote in my note, when we talk about faithfulness, meaning doing the right thing Constantly, in spite of what changes. Faithfulness, it is required of a steward. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. To be found faithful. Faithful. I guess we do. The reason why sometimes Christianity gets weakened is because of the unfaithfulness to Christians, to their doctrine, to their God, and to their communities, to their church, um, church community, I mean. One of the things that weaken most of the churches is unfaithful members. Unfaithful members. Okay, let me, let me, listen. There are a brand of Christians who are not faithful to any church. They say, my faithfulness is to God. It's a fake faithfulness. <laughs> Where is God? Where is God? You can't tell me my love is for God, no human beings. I, I mean, I love God. It's, it's not human beings because it's for God. Where is God? If you say you are serving God, where is he? Are you going to serve him some rice? Where? If, okay, let's assume God eats rice. Where are you going to give the rice to? Where are you going to do sacrifice? The sacrifice that we are, you do, uh, you, 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 you want to slaughter a fowl or slaughter a, a cow or slaughter a lamb. Where is God? Where are you going to give it to him? Where is God? 
If you worship God, where is he? If you serve God, in fact, the Bible says that God is un, not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. Which, watch this, your labor of love, which ye have shown towards who? God's name. How did you do it? In the way that, in that you minister to the saints. You are ministering, the saints means that the people who are sanctified, his people. Your ministry to the people of God is a reflection to your faithfulness to his name, your service to his name, what you are doing to him. Jesus said, whatsoever you do to the least of these brethren, you do unto me. God, so don't say, listen, it is the test of spirituality. Your kind of commitment to a stable congregation where the word of God is taught, where sin is not condoned, where worldliness is not encouraged. Those are the conditions that determine the health of a congregation. Number one condition that determines the health of a congregation is the doctrine. So you don't compromise on doctrine. Number two is sin is not allowed or sin is not condoned or sin is not accommodated, particularly in leadership of the organization. If there's organization and sin is accommodated, sin is accommodated in the leadership. After church, so I, I, I deal with some drugs and my fast money. Okay, okay, let's meet. After the service, the, the pastors are dealing in deals. And I mean, sin, people are sleeping around easily and it's fine. And there's no repentance. No, 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 it's a problem. It's a sign that the doctrine is not sound. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is not really awake. So, sin in leadership and worldliness, when worldliness is entertained in the church, so such that the entire activities of the church is geared to look worldly. Worldly, you come to church and you end up being more lustful than you. <laughs> so these are the things that determine the spiritual soundness of the church. If these things are in place, and so long as location is concerned, then be faithful to the end. You don't choose your church based on what makes you happy. You don't choose your church based on your friends are there. Based on doctrine and where you know God is assigning you and being fed. And then you, you make sure you serve there. And your service must be a faithful service. That is what determines the quality of reward God can give you. So in Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 21, it says that, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. My goodness. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's all you need. Enter into the joy. He produced one, one, uh, two. They gave him two. He produced two more. Not like the five. But no, verse 21 is the five. But the, verse 23, he said the same thing to the one who produced two. So the one who produced five received the same commendation. The one who produced two received the same commendation. Because he gave him two, he brought two. He gave 100%. He gave the best that the master, the master deserved and was looking for. And so he said, you are faithful. It takes faithfulness to give the best. Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in what is much. When God, I just want God to make me a millionaire, I'll buy a building for the church. You are not even paying tithe. You are not giving offering. So he that is faithful in little is faithful in much. 
faithfulness rates very high. Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. It rates very high on God's system of judgment. So long as his workers are concerned. So long as determining of reward is concerned. It rates so high. So high. It seems to even rate so high than the way God approaches our holiness in rewarding us. There are people who think God will reward them because they don't steal. They don't why should you reward your 15-year-old child for brushing their teeth? <laughs> brushing of teeth is just a common sense thing. So if you don't steal, if you don't fornicate as a Christian, what else were you expecting? Why should you be rewarded for not gossiping? Why should you be rewarded for not fornicating? Why should you be rewarded for even giving an offering? These are basic things. Why should you be rewarded for coming to church? Of course, you'll be rewarded for serving in church, but not coming to church. There are two different things. Serving, now you are engaging in work. And then the quality of your service is not determined by the time you are spent. It's determined by the faithfulness. It is required of a steward to be found faithful. God values faithfulness to the extent that God... Can I preach at all? He said, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, God calls himself faithful. Himself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, he said, but God, the faithful God, God who is faithful. Our God is faithful. God, someone say, God is faithful. God. I feel like praying. Say, God is faithful. God. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, God is faithful. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 7, God is faithful. I like Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. God is faithful. Faithful is he who has promised. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, faithful is he who collects you, who also will do it. He is faithful. God is faithful. He calls himself the faithful God. The faithful God. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful. And so God values faithfulness so much that he calls himself faithful. And the word of God is called faithful. Christ himself is called faithful. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Faithful Christ. (laughs) God is faithful. Christ is faithful. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. It says that, and from Jesus Christ. Ah, ooh, ah, Jesus is faithful. And look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6 that, but Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house we are? If we, uh, 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 you give me a different choice. I think New American Standard Version. It makes sure, it, that one, yes. New American Standard said, Christ was faithful as a son. Christ is faithful. It's a faithful son. Faithful. So God himself is faithful. If we, if we confess our sins. First <laughs> John chapter 1 verse 9. He's faithful. So God is faithful. Christ is faithful. And the word of God in Revelation chapter 21 verse 5. Faithful words. <laughs> I'm enjoying the word. Then... <laughs> Then he who sat on the throne, behold, Revelation, yeah, he says, right, for these words are true and faithful. Revelation chapter 22, verse 6, says the word of God is faithful. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, faithful, this, uh, this is the, the faithful saying. <laughs> Some translations say faithful words. I like that. 
How about that? He said, this is a faithful saying. I love that. Faithful saying. The word of God is faithful. So several places in scripture, you will see that the word is faithful. God is faithful. So he requires of Christians to be faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I were you, I would shout, God is faithful. Let's shout it again. God is faithful. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 9, and, and in 2 Timothy, oh, I like 2 Timothy 2, 11. This is a faithful saying. Titus 2, 11 is a faithful saying. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, he said, if we don't believe, he remaineth faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so faithfulness is highly rated by God. To the extent that that is what determines his system of reward to his workers. God's system of reward is determined by the workers' faithfulness. Faithful. Tell someone, be faithful. So does that make sense why Paul had to mention Tychicus and said, he's a faithful man. But it's not only Tychicus. So now, three things. He sent them so they I didn't finish that one. So number one, he sent them so they will know his state. Number two, so he will know their state. Number three, so they'll be comforted. He sent Tychicus that had, that's that one is prison. This guy is in prison. He's thinking about the comfort of those who are outside of prison. Is he not rather the one who needs to be comforted? But he's a faithful minister. He said, he put me in the work of the ministry because he counted me faithful. No wonder in prison he was still faithful to his cause. One of the things that is required of church leaders is faithfulness. Faithfulness. In fact, I think 1 Peter chapter 5, it tells them, that it said that be faithful as shepherd. He said be faithful. So now, that faithfulness of a church leader is be faithful to the work that has been committed to you. Don't change your message after political sins change. Just, just stay with the message God has given you. All great ministers around the world, or ever who you know about, you check them. They are great because they've maintained just one message. One message. Any pastor who preaches everything is preaching deliverance, is specialized in deliverance, specialized in healing, specialized in prosperity, specialized in faith, specialized in breakthrough, and specialized in... Uh, church growth, special, specialized in wisdom, special, they never become great. When God keeps, calls you, he gives you a message. So you have to be faithful to the message. And allow your pastor to stay faithful to the message God has called him to preach. And you to stay faithful to your pastor. Because sometimes pastors may end up changing their message because they realize that their church members are now streaming or Trooping to this other person who is preaching this thing is not preaching. As long as it's a sound doctrine and that's your message, stay on it. Stay on it. Stay on it. Be faithful. So, um, so it's, it's important to understand that when it comes to God, faithfulness is highly rated. So Paul was so faithful that when he was in prison, he was thinking about the church he has not even seen. Then he sent, look at verse 9. He didn't send Tychicus alone. He said, 
and Onismos. Look at this. Let's already allow from the screen. Let's go. Did you, did, you, did you see that? Faith. Those two people were sending four letters. And three of those letters are canonized. That means they are in scripture. Three of those letters were scripture. And they were going to travel about 1,000 miles those days with just a letter. Can you imagine if late on their way going, they find a deal where you can, you tell a letter, that's the matter. They can throw the letter away and just go and, and enjoy their lives. You needed a faithful person who will not abandon the mission to the end. Because what they were carrying had significant importance for the, the general church, the body of Christ. They are, they are carrying scripture. You can't leave the scripture in the hands of children. How long has I been in church before I'll be qualified? No. How quality is your faithfulness? That's why. But does it take time? It takes time for people to prove their level of faithfulness. But I committed the word of God, which was going. This guy, he was in prison. There was no guarantee they would take it. Four letters, not one. He sent the letter of Colossians, the letter of Ephesians, and the letter of Philemon, and then the letter he mentioned later to Laodicea. Laodicea didn't make it. The letter of Laodicea was not canonized. So we don't have the letter of Laodicea because that was in the word of God. So Paul wrote other things that were not in the word of God. It's not everything that was written that was the word of God. But he committed these four letters. Three of those letters, uh, 75% of what he had wrote, he sent was canonized. And he committed it to some people. You need some faithful people. Don't tell me we should give you position in the church because of your gifts. Pastor, don't promote a person because of their gifts. Promote them because of their faithfulness. No! I've been to Bible school. I've finished Bible school. I have PhD in Bible and theological, uh, uh, theology proper. I know about hamasiology. I know about eschatology. I know about demonology. I know about angelology. I know about theology proper. I know about Christology. I know about pneumatology. I, 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 I know soteriology. So give me a front seat. No, front seat is reserved for people who are faithful. It is required of a steward to be found. It's found. After, that means you have to be assessed with time. Assessed with time. You are not supposed to be given position in church because of your deep pocket. Excuse me. It's not your donation to the church that makes you a leader. Your financial contributions. Your financial contribution cannot qualify you to be a, a leader. In fact, if you think it's qualifying you to be a leader, it means that you've moved into the range of Simon the Sorcerer. Because he's trying to use money to buy his way in church. The only thing that gives you credibility in God's work is the level of your faithfulness. So it's required of us to be found faithful. Tell someone, be faithful unto death. Am I preaching a good message? And the Bible says, a faithful man shall abound in blessings. <laughs> It's not a hardworking man. Hard work is necessary. But you can tell. There are people who have pushed and pushed. And nothing is showing. Maybe check your quality of faithfulness. A faithful man will abound with blessings. 
You see how God values faithfulness? Not only rewards after you die. On earth, it qualifies you for certain types of blessings. You are blessed. Amen. Remain faithful to God. Remain faithful to his church. So he sent this letter to them through Tychicus and Onesimus. Who is this Onesimus who is calling faithful? He says, who is one of you? They shall make known to you all things that are... Is this the first time Onesimus is mentioned? No. Look at Philemon. Philemon, verse 9 and 10. This is a very interesting... Okay, the letter... <laughs> I will have to finish it. But listen, the letter, he said, how many letters did he send? Four. He sent four letters. Three of them are canonized. That means they made it to scripture. All right. The three that are canonized, one is the one we are reading, Colossians. The other one is Ephesians. And the third one is Philemon. Now, Philemon is somebody's name, but Colossians is not somebody's name. Colossians is the people who live in Colossae. Ephesians is to the people who live in Ephesus. Philemon is somebody's name. It's not people who live in Philem. Uh, Philem. Uh, <laughs> 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 but how about Philippians is those who live in Philippi. So Philemon is somebody's actual name. So look at Philemon. He wrote a letter to Philemon, prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer. So Philemon is a human being. And the content of his letter, Philemon was a rich man who used to have slaves. And then in those days, it is against the law for a slave to run away. When a slave runs away, you know, it's like a prison break. When a slave runs away, because a, a slave is the, the property, that's why slavery is not good. It's the, in, in those days, slavery, so a slave is the asset, personal asset of the master. So if you run away, sometimes just kill it. Uh, no, the Roman law allows it. Yeah. Kill it. Kill him. If they treat him like an it. That's why slavery is not right. It's only Paul says that we are all one. No slave, no born. I mentioned the other. So this guy, Philemon, had a slave who ran away from his master. And he went to Rome. He went to, Rome is a big city. Yeah. When a runaway slave is caught, he is supposed to be sent to the master. He can be killed or sent to the master. Master kill him, or the master can make his case very severe, depending on what the master. Then this um, Philemon had a slave, and the slave ran away. So he's a wanted fugitive, and went to Rome. He was having party, enjoying himself. I'm free, ran away slave. I'm free, but wanted. I'm free, but wanted. Wanted where? Wanted in Colossae. And in the territories, if they are, you are found, and even someone catches you in Rome and knows that you are a runaway slave, they can send you. So wanted, but free. Wanted, but free. Then the guy comes into contact with a prisoner called Paul. And Paul, when you come into contact with him, he will make a Christian out of you. And Paul preaches this guy and makes a Christian out of him, and the guy was serving Paul to the extent that Paul said, I want to keep you here. But Paul found out, can I do some credit check, uh, the, uh, check on you? Can I check your file? <laughs> Did an experience check on him and they found out, hey, you are, I ran away, prisoner. Oh, but the grass genuinely changed. Stop treating people based on how you knew them to be. Give them the benefit of the doubt. The guy has changed so much that now Paul said, I want to keep you for myself. But unfortunately, 
you have run away from somebody who is one of mine. He, he said, who I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. The guy is so profitable, I really want him to work with me. But he says that because of my relation with you, and I know who you are, and you are his master, he has run away from you, I have to send him back to you. Do what is right. Send it back to him. <laughs> Send him back to her. <laughs> Do what is right. <laughs> it says that because of my faithfulness to you, I cannot keep this runaway slave. Even though he's so profitable to me. For the gospel I said, I can't. So that if I think that you are supposed to be doing for me if you are here, he will do it on your behalf. That's verse 13. He said, he could have been doing it on your behalf. And things that you keep saying, I wish I was there, I would do this for you. I wish I was there. Now this guy is here, he's doing it. So then it means that you, you should agree with him. But I said, even if you agree, my conscience will not allow me to keep him here. So he said, I'm sending him with a letter to you. <laughs> it, it was a dangerous mission. It was a very dangerous mission that faithful, faithful Onesimus was going on. In Philemon chapter 1 verse 8. Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting. You know, I was going to say that do this, but I want to appeal to you. Yet, for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Look at the next verse. I appeal to you for my son. Now he's calling my son. Oh, yes. My son Onesimus, whom I have begotten whilst I'm in prison. He said, no, you can't, you can't, Onesimus. And then somebody would just say, this is theologically unacceptable. But why are you calling somebody your son? Why are you calling, you are trying to say, are you his father? Are you his father? He said, I birthed him in prison in the gospel. I gave birth to him. Someone was responsible for your existence. Be careful when you are throwing stones at them. He said, I have given birth to Onesimus. It's my son whilst I'm in prison. Look at the next verse. Who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable not only to you, to both of us. Wow. He was unprofitable. This is a runaway slave. And Paul judged, watch this, watch this. Let me not go too much to Philemon. Let me come back to this Onesimus. Paul judged Onesimus so faithful that he sent him with a letter, not only to Colossae, not only to Ephesus, and not only to Laodicea, but to his ex-master who is looking for him to kill him. Colossae, even Colossae, don't go there because Philemon lived in Colossae. So everybody in Colossae will know, hey, that's a guy! Wanted man in Colossae. Ephesus was close to Colossae and Laodicea. They were all within that same valley, that same region. So Ephesus, all right, well, let's give it. It's not a good idea at all, but here we go. Um, Laodicea, it's, it's a bad idea because Laodicea and Colossae are very close. And one more city, Hierapolis, they are very close. To, but you let's, let's grant each other, you can go. Kule say, oh no, no, oh no. Onismos, I want to send you. Yes, Apostle. 
My dad, I love you to death. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I said, okay, I want to send you. <laughs> yes. I know you love me, but what I need from you is not just love, faithfulness. I want to send you where? You are sending a letter to Ephesus. Ephesus? Once you say it, I'm, I'm happy to go. If it's for you, I'm committed. Even if it means I'll lose my life, I'll go. So I'll go. But not only Ephesus. Where again? Laodicea. But that's very close to Colossae where I'm wanted. So yeah. So okay. I'll go. Not only Laodicea. But Colossae. Colossae. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy. Colossae. You know, that's where I ran away from. He said, oh yeah, I know. And it's actually not even only Colossae. I want to you to go and give a letter to Philemon. Philemon? Yes, I'm sending, I want to send a letter to him. But I don't, I don't have a guarantee that somebody will take it. And I need a second person, two people to send. Because the Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So it's two, not one. You can't send one person. Two to carry the word of God. But I look around me. Everybody has a role is playing. But people to send, it requires a certain level of faithfulness. And you are the one. So, of, of course, I'm so happy to go. I'm so happy to go. If it means that they will kill me, what? As long as the letter will get there, I will, I'm happy to go. So Paul said, I'm sending Tychicus, but I'm also sending Onismo. I'm sending, look at what he said to Philemon. I'm sending him back to you. You therefore receive him. That is my, can you imagine how close he was to Paul? That's my own heart. He used to be an unfaithful slave. He was not faithful to his boss. But today, Paul said, God has given him another chance. Onesimus with a letter. Why would they give the letter to him? One, because he's faithful. Faithful faithful Onesimus with a letter. They gave him a letter because he has been found faithful. And he was sent to send the letter to check on the guys, to report how Paul is doing, and to call. Can you imagine they were sending him to go and comfort Philemon? <laughs> and they told Philemon, when he comes, receive him. He said, this time, don't receive him as a slave, but receive him as a fellow brother. Receive him back as a fellow brother. And can you imagine, this one letter is in the New Testament. It tells you that people should be given another chance. People should be given. Don't judge people with how you knew them when, before they came to Christ. When people are in Christ, give them another chance. Give them another chance. Society might not give you, but the church is required to give people another chance in spite of what we know about their past before Christ. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. You've heard so much about this guy. Didn't Ananias say in Acts chapter 9, from verse 11, 12, and 13, he told God, I've heard about this guy. He's a killer. You are sending me to him. God said, give him another chance. Paul was given another chance. So he can never deny other people another chance. When he gets to the next week, you see how he gave Luke another chance. He said, Mark. He gave Mark another chance. He gave Mark another chance. But there was also a Demas. We will talk about Demas. 
but he gave him another chance. Onesimus was given another chance. And the chance was even at a, from a very high pedestal. He was sent, remember, not because he was an ex-prisoner. He was sent because he was faithful. That's why they sent him. They said, Pastor, can I do this? Can I do this? Are you faithful enough? You want to jump on the instruments? Are you faithful enough? If they give you offers to go and play somewhere when it's church time, are you faithful? Because they are paying you big in Wembley. Are you faithful enough to stay in church and do the work of God? Are you faithful enough? Some people are not faithful to their church. Let me say this. Our church, we don't have this kind of problem. But there are people who are not faithful to their church. Sunday morning, someone is coming to do a program in town. And you are an usher in church. You have left it to go and look for deliverance. You are not faithful. You are not faithful. It is required of a steward to be faithful. Faithfulness. Someone shout, God is faithful. Faithfulness, God's system of reward, of judgment for reward. In Jesus, did you receive something? Come on, let's give Jesus all the praise. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. We pray you have been strengthened and enlightened. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including Instagram and LinkedIn. You can also hear more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and the Carriage Church app. Don't forget to like and share the message. Be blessed.